Good morning. It's good to see you all again. Uh, I, I hope your week was well. Um, hope your, your week was blessed. Um, as we dig into today's message, if, you, if you've never heard kind of the story behind Another in the Fire, um, it's biblical, which is one of the reasons why we sing it. But um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood confident in God's word, in God's promises. And they said, regardless of whether you throw me in the fire and I die and my life is taken, regardless of the hardships that you're about to put me through, I'm going to be confident that God is going to bring me through it. I'm going to be confident that I'm going to be okay because there's another in the fire. And in those moments, what was, in that moment, what was cool is faith was made sight. So, so I love that song. It pairs kind of perfectly with um, what, what I'm preaching on. And, and it's always one of the first things I learned about putting a message together uh, is you do your best to not let outside influences dictate what God is trying to say to you and speak to you. Um, I, uh, I, I, I pray and I search and I dig in and, and, and do the best to, to allow God to reveal. Um, if I can jump over and, and recap uh, what we talked about last week, uh, we talked about getting back to the basics and we're going to dig into three more points uh, today. Um, but I want to I wanna bring up something that is kind of confirms there we go. Uh, confirms what uh, what we talked about last week. Studying your Bible, talking to God, um, and going to church or church attendance are three of the most vital pieces of growing in your faith. It's a necessity. Um, I hopped onto Facebook just briefly uh, while right before coming into the auditorium. And I saw this status, uh, it was posted 59 minutes ago by another pastor, it says, thought of the day, when you leave a church with a reason of, this isn't the church for me, or I believe in God, God is calling me somewhere else, God will never call you to leave a church to not find another one. So church attendance, when you see, when you read, when you study, when you pray, is important, is vital, and we dug into those. When I look at uh, this week and, and what God had laid on my heart, it, it was a struggle because I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it, um, it, it gets a little bit more personal. It, it begs you to ask some questions to yourself. Uh, um, there's a song that I've sent out to probably 60 people that, that know how to play the song. Um, and that sounded really rude. So... My bad. I don't know. Um, it, it's a song by a new group called Forever Free, and, and it's called Only Yours. And, and it speaks to what we're going to dig into. And it says, deep in my heart, I'm prone to wander, running, uh, running to anything to heal my pain. And, and whose are the hands that catch me when I stumble? It's only you. When I'm accused by all my fears and failures, searching for anything to clear my name, you are leading me gently only to discover it's only you. Only you draw my heart out of hiding. Only you call this outcast your child. Only you use my scars for, the, for your story, my life for your glory. And I am only, I am only yours. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement to sing. That's a bold statement to, um, to claim. Bold statements that we claim need to be followed through with. Um, I read a kind of a monologue or a spoken word per se at the end of this song. And it says, stuck in the darkest place, the truth is so hard to face, still a lot to chase. I have no words to say now. And I look practically, never thought you'd attach to, uh, that I'd attach to someone who had in fact turned their back upon your majesty committed to, to so many tragedies, and we're gonna dig into that. Tried to run away, but you, still you kept me running after me, and, I'm, and now I'm running after you. Got me feeling like an athlete. <laughs> we're gonna dig into that. You're the only one that could ever lead me back to me. Gonna get into that. You never turned your back on me. We're gonna get into that. 
supreme lifeline, this love is lasting for eternity, started, started a perfect work in me. You love on me so perfectly. That part gets me. I'm only yours because you're the only one who purchased me. All the things that was hurting me, all the people who turned on me, but you were made solid. Pull up every time I call your name. Even though <laughs> this is a rap part of the song, so this isn't me. I, this is why I'm not singing this, all right? Even though your name be popping, that's why I'm name dropping. Think about the gravity of that, Christian. As we dig in to the personal parts of our lives, do you name drop to Jesus? Jesus, you are mine and I am yours. My prayer today is to simply show you that getting back to the basics means that whoever has tried to build your house on the sand for you, whether it be you, whether it be others that have dictated through abuse, through anger, through hate, through spite, through jealousy, doesn't hold a candle to the Savior that wants to build your house on the rock. Jesus is the one, is, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, <laughs> it shows how horrible my rapping skills are. That's why I never made it, made it big. Uh, that's why, <laughs> yeah, um, that's why when I'm name dropping Jesus, it's the one name I'll never regret, name dropping. Because it's not just telling others. When I get to name drop, Jesus finds glory and praise in us going to him and saying, Jesus, I need you because I know you. We put so much stock, Christian. The uh, company I work for came out with these special edition beats this past week. The Kim K beats. We joked around and it was all the colors of Kim. And uh, <laughs> there were three, three uh, they sold out in 26 minutes. 550 million headphones in six minutes. Why? Because a name was attached to that. We put so much stock in what other people think that we'll never meet. Christian, that couldn't care about what we're going through. Listen, I, I, one, of the, one of the highlights of my life as, as I found somebody that said yes to marrying me, and then she let me, you know, we, we had kids together. We, that was, those two things were some of the most amazing things in my life. Um, I, one of the coolest, awesome moments in my life was being able to step on stage with Stephen Curtis Chapman a couple years ago and sing with him. Now, if you've heard me sing, He was like, go closer to the microphone. I was like, nobody wants that. Um, <laughs> one of the coolest moments in my life. I've, I've, met, I've met Stephen Curtis Chapman. I've seen him in concert 16 times. I've met him eight or nine times. Uh, I've, I once, as a teenager, with, with one of my best friends, waited in line at Walmart for like four hours in Springfield, Missouri, just to meet him, talk to him. But you know what? Can I be honest with you? And it's not an indictment on him because I, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. He doesn't really care about where I am right now. And again, that's not an indictment on him. That's not, there is one person that cares not just about where you are physically Christian, but where you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, gracefully, whatever Lee you can put that to. So as we dig into these three points today there again i i'm i i've been mentored by the two pastors in this church that are just to me i look at and i'm like you guys are so smart <laughs> i i look and try to find profound earth-shattering things for me that i can share with you that are just basic i believe and I'm sure you could go to our pastor. I believe there's sometimes where, yes, pastors have to study. They have to dig into 
words like eschatology and you know hermeneutics and blue to blue, whatever other classes I failed in college. Um, <laughs> uh, that was funny. Um, but uh, I think we as just Christians, everyday human beings can overcomplicate. And, and I spoke to that a little bit last week. What I want to dig into today is, is personal to you. Uh, there, there are others around you that can help you grow. There are others that can, that can seek, but I believe that we need to look at ourselves before we are the church, we have to be a sinner saved by grace. We have to, we have to come together. Uh, we have to, we, we, uh, with Jesus on an individual basis, read, grow, learn, so that we know how to be a contribution to our local church. Sometimes that means you have to know yourself and know that you need to rest. Sometimes that means you know you need to be hyperly aggressive in pursuing your faith. The first, the first piece that I want to look at, and I think the world has influenced the church in this answer, is where is your confidence? Where is your confidence? I believe too many Christians over the past two decades have placed their confidence in themselves thinking that they're putting it in Jesus Christ. Well, I'm pursuing, I'm pursuing. One of the most difficult things uh, for me getting married, I, I got married 10 days before I turned 33, um, was... And me and, me and my wife had talked about it. We talked about it with uh, the, the pastor that, that married us, uh, was the elimination of the word I. And the example I'm about to give you seems trivial, but it speaks to me volumes of where, when we translate to the church, what that means. I didn't struggle with the bank account. I, I honestly, because she was she's better at it than me. Um, I... <laughs> I didn't struggle with, you know, blue blah. I struggled with my DVD collection. When I got married, I had roughly around 950 DVDs that over the course of a decade, two decades, I had accumulated. She added some in, and it wasn't as much, but she contributed. And whenever we talked about it, whenever we had friends come over, whenever we had people look at it, it's like, oh yeah, my DVDs, my DVDs, my DVDs. If I told you that, <laughs> that I talked about that with a therapist and they were like, you know why you do that? Because you contributed more to that. And this is where the profound statement is. I had placed the confidence in that situation that I had contributed more, so I thought somebody was less. Where is your confidence? Christian, we're gonna dig into some scripture that, that speaks to the idea of you're physically living your life. You're emotionally living your life. You're spiritually living your life. You can't walk to, up to Jesus and give him a physical hug. You can't go to our savior's house and have him cook you a nice goulash. <laughs> Words funny, right? <laughs> and sit down and talk with him about your problems. He doesn't have a physical office that he sits in that you can see and be therapized. I made that word up, thought deeply about that word this week. I'm gonna submit it. <laughs> so you think subconsciously or maybe just very out loud that you've contributed more than him. Where does my confidence come from? A false sense of entitlement that because you've put into work, you deserve the adulation. You deserve the recognition. Remember last week we read, for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. For it's not I, but Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live is not for me. Have you put your self-confidence, your accomplishments, your 
ability to do your job well on your shoulders instead of giving glory to God. Listen, I, I love, and, and it, it happened again last night. I, I, text, uh, I text our pastor, who if you don't know, he's my dad. So when I refer to him as my dad, it's because he's my, always been my dad before he's my pastor. Um, so that's a habit. Text my dad last night and I said, listen, we had a young couple last week that came in. I met him on fr uh, Saturday, uh, tax-free weekend. They, it, again, I explained this last week. They waited 45 minutes to just turn in a phone that they weren't getting credit for. Hey, it's not worth anything. Can you just take it? I, that's baffling to me. But I also knew that it was a God situation. They visited last night. Somebody came, oh, we just moved from, from Boston. We just moved down from Boston to uh, East Hampton and you know, we're looking for a church. We, we've tried a couple. Um, hey, I'm an assistant pastor. And it came from, they had Joshua 1.8 as their screensaver on their phone. And I, oh, I love that verse. And they're, oh man, are, are you guys on Facebook? You know, my, my you know, things happened, blah, 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 went through. And they were like, so we'll check you out on Facebook. Got the, got the live stream right this morning and um, went in. They're on there. Our confidence isn't, God, help me shine my light. God, help me shine your light. God, may my confidence be in you. Proof from the Father, from his holy word. We're going to look at Psalm 139, 13 and 14. We're going to start in verse 12 because I think it, it, it sets the precedent, but I want us to focus in on 13 and 14. Psalm 139, 12 says, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like day. Darkness and light are, are alike to you. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. If we know God's works are, are, are wondrous, or that we are fearfully made, that we have not made ourselves, then why do we take confidence in our own doings? We then jump over to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect in weakness. This is a key here. And, and I want you to grasp this part of uh, this verse. Therefore, I will, I will gladly boast all more about, what does that word say, Christian? About my what? Are you confident more in the weaknesses that you get to give to God or the strengths that you get to claim glory for? I will boast in my weakness. Why will I boast in my weakness? Because I get to depend on the most dependable. I get to give to the best giver. I get to follow in love with, with the lover of all love. Why do I boast in my weakness? Because I am flawed. I am filthy. But I am washed clean by the only one that has that extra strength tied, that can cleanse me from all unrighteousness, that every day can wash me white as snow. One of my favorite things about being in a brick house, and I'm sure my Aunt Donna and Uncle Mike can speak to being on a property or pastor, and his, his wife and family can, can speak to it as well, is when you wake up and you look out the back window and you see the field of untainted snow, and it's just pure and crisp. And then you take that little walk out to the golf course and maybe not the whole way because the golf course gets a little bit deeper and you don't want to get stuck. And I'm small, so I get cold easily. When you look out across that golf course and there's no sidewalk salt, there's no cars driving over it. It hasn't been touched by the snowmobile by our neighbors. You don't have the dogs running around created uneatable snow cones when you look out at that field of just white snow, it reminds me of the grace and mercy that's been given and bestowed and entrusted to me. 
I'm in, because of Jesus' sacrifice, I am entitled to that. You are entitled to that. He did it for you, because of you. Parents, how many, how many of you have ever seen your kid do something wrong, punish them, and then say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fulfill your punishment term for you. I'm gonna take that upon my shoulders so that you can experience something else. No, no, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> but we have somebody, our Father, our Heavenly Father did that for us. I boast all the more my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. When we boast in our glory, when we boast in ourselves, when we lift ourselves up, it says Christ's power does not reside in us. I'll make the, we, we walk, oh man, I could go on for hours on that. 2 Timothy 1.7. Verse six says, therefore I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Verse eight is awesome. Verse eight is amazing. So do not be ashamed of this testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel. So, so don't just boast on your weakness. Boast then on God's power in your life, what it does, what it reveals, the chains that it, that it breaks. If you're singing on a Sunday service and worshiping, and then the message falls on deaf ears and you go out in a world and God's power does not shine through you and reside in you, then the words you're singing are meaningless. I, I, I know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through. I've read the story. I've heard it preached to me. There's others out there that have no clue. They need us to be confident in our Savior, confident in our ability to, to speak about Him, to speak life into others so that, and I hope, I, last, I think, four times I've preached, I, I, I've said this, if you don't speak on that, people are going to die and go to hell. There is, and I mean this, when, I, when you grasp that concept, nothing else matters. I, I saw this video um, on, on Facebook and, and it, it said, how do you love? We, we hear, and I, I spoke to, you know, I've spoken, our pastor has preached on it. It says, uh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Absolutely, I can 100% tell you that I hate that quote because what's the following sentence that we at New Life have coined? But does a sinner feel loved? So many times we, we hate to sin. Yes, we know we're supposed to hate sin, Christians. Do they? No, why? Because we're not showing them. Because we're, instead we're pushing them away with our attitude. We're pushing them away with our words. Are people supposed to be saved by the fear of God or the grace of God? It just, it baffles me. He said, if you want to know the impact you are truly making on this world, and I'll challenge you to do this. If you have paper and pen, if you have your phone out, take it out and go into your notes real quick. This is a, this is a thought. And when I, when I talk about this, I'm not, I'm not bringing up controversial subjects to bring up controversial subjects, but go into your notes real quick and write down three either people or types of people that irritate you, whether it be political, whether it be short people, Brian, I don't know, I'm just joking. When I see him in a grocery store, I always have to reach to that top shelf for him. It's, it's frustrating, <laughs> just joking. Um, write down the three types of people or people, no, this list isn't for anybody to see, that irritate you. Do they feel the love of God through your life? Well, I wanna share my faith with the person behind the Dunkin' Donuts counter. Our, our, our pastor's wife, Erin, 
Um, I, I, I thought, A, that I talk a lot, and I do. Me and Aaron, when we start to talk, oh my gosh. It's, it's not a conversation to make ourselves better and to grow together. It's to see who can have the last word. And it just, and it just, and I, I love it. Me, yeah, I, I've, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron has shared her testimony at times uh, about the narcolepsy and the, the elevated level that that is. I once had a 45 minute conversation with Aaron while she was asleep and we, and we both just kept going back and forth. It was great. It was awesome. She had a baseball bat in her hand, so I made sure it wasn't too controversial. Um, she was taking batting practice while she was asleep. It was great. She had slept, walked outside, and was swinging at It was great. Um, <laughs> but if I can turn that into a positive, I have never met anybody in my life that just share, shares their faith. And uh, when I say people in this church talk about it, we all are just blown away by it. Uh, we're, we're just like... You know, you'll be sitting at a restaurant and you're eating your food and I don't know. Do you go to church anywhere? Do you, are you going to heaven or hell? You're, you're tip, I'll, I'll still tip you no matter your answer. No, you won't tip them or yes, you will tip them. Okay, just need people in and out. I've never, and I say that to say this, she doesn't hold back. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how well she knows you, how well she doesn't know you. It doesn't matter whether you're walking down the street waving, waving a rainbow flag or whether you're holding a Christian flag or whether you're holding an American flag or stars and bars. She'll walk up to you and say, come to new life. Let me share my faith with you. Jesus loves you. Christian, when you look at that list, A, were you honest about it? And B, do you need to talk to God after this? Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, I want to be like you. Audio Adrenaline said, I'm never going to be as big as Jesus. I'm never going to hold the world in my hand. Yeah, I, I, I can do all these things with my life, but I'm never going to be able to have the effect in this world that I could have if I put my confidence in Jesus Christ. Share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. We'll get into that piece in a second. Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace. To what? Help us in time of need. I, I joke around with uh, Aylin and, and anytime she'll carrying a baby. Oh, I need, you know, I'm going out. Hey, do you need any help? And no, I'm good. And I'm like, I don't need no man. <laughs> but you know what I do need? I need, I need the help of my Savior. I need to approach his throne with boldness so that when I need it, and, and I don't know about you, I, I often say, listen, I'm Zach Chase. I need God's help every single day just to function, just to be. Uh, I, I, love, I love my new job. I, I love it so much. Uh, I, if, if she was here, I would say thank you in front of everybody. Uh, Apple has just been an amazing, incredible opportunity. It's fun to sell again that you don't have to worry. Our, our pastor even bought a phone from me. Um, so it, it's, you know, I'm not gonna go out and just see what I can sell you so I can sell it to you, unless you want me to. Um, but I love it, I love it, I'm having fun. Um, I, I have some opportunities coming up that, that are just blessings. And I look at it and I say, man, listen, it's, it has nothing, uh, nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that I know what that job is for, I know what it is, and I've asked God to shine through me there, uh, to, to do what they have. I look around and I, I've, I've talked to people in the church about their jobs. I, I love that God has brought chefs to our church. Can I get an amen? Um, chicken tortilla soup, oh my gosh. It's just, it should be on every menu at every, you know, every restaurant and it should be free. Um, I'm just joking. Um, but you know, you've got the sticky ribs, you've got, 
the heavenly stuff that Jamil makes and freezes and all, I, I don't know, I just eat it all. Um, God has blessed us. Whatever it is that you do, whether you teach, whether you're an amazing city councilman, I, I love going in when I hear people live in Springfield or when I see that, when I worked at Xfinity, when I saw that area or zip code that fell under uh, Mel, Melvin Edwards' name, I was like, oh, do you know Melvin? And I brag on it. I, I'm like, well, he goes to my church. We're pretty good. I, I, I've been out to lunch with him a couple of times. He was a cool. You know why? Because he's a man of integrity and faith. Jackalope, owned by Luciano Brow. I know that guy. Why? Because what we try to do is bring glory through what we do. Not for our own doing, but for his doing. And the impact we make is something that can be eternal. We approach the throne with what we need. Confidence is a tricky thing. In this day and age, we've been told to find your voice. Listen to your spirit. Let the aura around you be whatever color is confident. It defines, tries to define what we should say and how confidently we should speak to that. Christian, I just beg to differ with that because I've been told my whole life, Zach, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. I can promise you that the media will distort how you say it. I can promise you that those who just hate and revile God that are filled with that, spirit, that evil spirit will try and distort. But what can't be mistaken is the confidence you live in with grace and mercy while trying to reach others. Our confidence of love should allow us to be able to share that love of Christ with everybody. God has breathed into his one and only word. I ask you, did you ever take confidence in that? Have you taken confidence in his word? What I believe is confidence is, is in God, is an, confidence in ourselves is an act of ignorance. When you start studying your Bible that we talked about last week, it becomes, and brace yourself because I know this word is gonna rub some people the wrong way, it becomes an act of stupidity. If you define those two words side by side, ignorance is not knowing, stupidity is knowing and not doing. So those who don't know live in ignorance. Those who, don't, or those who know and don't do live in stupidity. Do you fight daily your fleshly fights? The Bible actually says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but about spirits and principalities. What that means, Christian, is you can live in confidence to know that if you prepare your spirit, if you put on the full armor of God, those fleshly fights will seem oh so minuscule in your life. The next one is a tough one, Christian. Forgiveness. The basics of forgiveness is yourself and others. We're going to attack the first thing first. Forgiving others sometimes is easy. If it's a pinprick of an of a inconvenience in your life, ah, don't worry about it. You know you, 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 you know, you ate the last Oreo, it's okay because I know I can go to the store and get them on sale. They're two for $5 right now. But man, oh man, when you've shaken my life to the core and you've rocked my world and you've, you've put me into this deep, dark place, I don't know if I can even whisper your name ever again, let alone bring your name to Jesus so that he can lay on my heart the act of forgiveness. It's a tough pill to swallow. It, it, it really is. Forgiving others is, is tough. We want to hang on to things like anger, hurt, sorrow. Christian, let it be known that when you hang on to those things, when you have that, when you have that anger, hurt, and bitterness that you've clung to in others, it will build bitterness and it will stop. Yeah, preach, Lucci. It will, I, I promise you this, 
it will start building up walls with complete strangers in the way that you share your faith and you live your life. When we, uh, forgiving yourself is also tough. Christian, forgiveness is not a tool to ask for forgiveness knowing that you're gonna go out Monday through, at church on Sunday, knowing that Monday through Saturday, you're going to, you're going to just dirty the slate back up. True grace and forgiveness in Jesus Christ is seeking a deeper relationship so that when you, met, when you do sin, man, it's earth shattering, shattering and you have, to, you have to dig in deep to say, what is the source of my sin? What is the source of that besetting sin? What are the source of those chains that bind me so that I can get rid of those? It, looking for God's forgiveness on the surface is easy, but in your flesh is a lifelong journey to say, I need to find, I need to find freedom from pornography. I need to find freedom from alcohol and drugs. I need to find uh, freedom from abuse, whether it be verbal, mental, emotional. I need to find why it's exhilarating to steal cars. I don't, I've never done it, so I don't know. Teenager, I don't know why it's so exhilarating to sneak out of my house and, and not have my parents find out. I know that's a sin and I've got to search deep down in my soul. And I want to right now as a teenager so that those patterns don't accumulate to later on in life and build up bigger. So that by the time I'm making my own decisions, I'm not callous to what God wants from me. Attitude, thoughts, forgiveness goes much deeper. It's not a surface, oh God, God, I'm sorry, ringy, dingy, dingy. To me, three Hail Marys doesn't solve the issue. <laughs> to me, digging deeper into what God, why, and saying, God, I truly want to figure out why I'm doing this so that when I find out the why, I can bring it to God and say, God, this is why. Can you actually cure me of this? Because when you, when you, when you forgive me and move me on from this situation, I'm less likely to sin in this manner. Colossians 3.3, or 3.13, I'm sorry. It says, when you were dead in, your, uh, in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave, you, forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. If he has nailed your wrongdoings to the cross, why haven't you nailed others' trespasses to the cross? Why do you continue to hold bitterness and anger against others? Why do you continue to leave their name out of your mouth when you're bringing God help this person, bless this person, Why do we walk the other way when Jesus continued walking that way with his, with his cross, with your cross, with my cross? When we see those people that have wronged us, it's never too late, Christian. I think that was Colossians 2, not 3, by the way. We'll see, unless I messed up. James 5, 16. Anytime I see scripture that goes along with the book of James, I brace myself because it's a nice, swift punch in the face. Um, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. When we confess to one another, when we talk to one another, it's not so I can be like, Aylin, I'm struggling with this in my life. Can you pray for me? She turns around and goes, hey, Mary, did you hear what Zach's struggling with? I, I talk to others, I confess to others. I, I talk to my, my oldest standing friend, three years old. We endured the, uh, the prison, the wooden prison bars in the back part of the church in preschool. 
Yeah, and Don knows this. Not only, this used to be a school as well if you're new to New Life. And all the way in the back, memories, me and Jeremy, haven't we, we repressed when we weren't talking and then we brought him back up and cried together. We held each other. It was very touching. Um, but, but all the way in the back used to be this uh, pre, like preschool, if you called it that. I called it Fort you know, Leavenworth or Enfield, you know, maximum security penitentiary or whatever. But you'd go in and when it was nap time, you know, teachers need a break from us uh, time. Uh, they'd put you in there. They'd shut this sliding prison door and then they would latch it shut from the outside. Now, as adults, me and Jeremy looked at each other. It was like, what would have happened if there was like a fire? It was like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, screaming children. Yeah. When I talked to my best friend that I've known for three years and we reconnected uh, after, after our life's journey had taken us away for so long and brought us back together to a place um, that we could sit down and talk and, and, and refresh, we, share, we shared our struggles. Not so that we could turn around and be like, huh. I'm driving away knowing I'm better than that guy. Did it so that we can make each other better. So that we could find a deeper dependency on Jesus Christ. So that we both know that we're flawed. And hey, I need help. See, when you, when, when you allow yourself to be forgiven, when you allow yourself to forgive others, you leave yourself, you render yourself useful to the kingdom of God. Forgiveness to me is just one of those crazy things that when we look at it, it says, confess, confess your sins to one another. It doesn't mean we go in a box in private. It means you can go to Dunkin' or Starbucks, or you can go to Coffee Time, or you can go to Center Square, wherever you want to go. Jackalope, Highbrow, whatever, Sticky Ribs Central. And you can sit down and you can share together. You can grow together. You can fight together. When you see the importance of that, can I then bring it last to last week and say, that is why church is so vital to physically be here. Because it will take those times when you're mentally and emotionally split and like not here, and it helps bring you here. Allow yourself to be forgiven, Christian. It's okay. You weren't meant to do it alone and you weren't meant to try and work for your forgiveness. This last one, before we jump to the slide, this last one is my absolute favorite. I, I, I've talked about the songs. I, I've, I've, you know, we've, we sang Another in the Fire. We, I, I've, you know, I've given you my, uh, my rap my rapping skills, my hip hop skills, yo. What up, dog? Um, <laughs> it doesn't even sound cool. Nope. Pretty sure Aylin's gonna make fun of me after this. Just don't put it on Facebook, please. I'm just, <laughs> I forgive you. Um, just, this last one is absolutely amazing because if we've died to self, if we create daily, the, Paul says, I die daily. John L. Cooper from Skillet also sings it. It's an amazing song. I die daily. If you truly do. You ready for this one? Our physical reflection isn't what people are going to see. That's our last point. Our reflection should not be our physical image. Our reflection should not be our physical image. At times in my life, the most influential people in my life have physically looked sometimes like they're homeless. They don't may not have the best clothes. They may not most up to date. You know, we talked about um, we talk about Aylin's friend that came in. She got baptized on on Easter with Aylin and Andrew uh, Molly. At work, we call her MJ. But she, we were talking about old, like, 90s fashions and Jinko jeans. And this, like, six-foot, like, 100-pound soaking wet girl, woman, was like, oh, yeah, I used to wear Jinko jeans all the time. And I was like, what? If you don't remember what Jinko jeans were in the mid-90s, they were these pants that fit your waist. And then you could fit, like, an entire baseball team 
in each pant leg. It doesn't matter what your physical reflection looks like. Now, there's biblical principles for keeping yourself healthy and, uh, you know, physically and, and, and that. But when, <laughs> but the things of this world fade away, Christian. When you start to focus on what is eternal and what really matters. God has blessed, God has blessed people to, to listen. God has blessed certain people to live with money you know, lot, lots of money. God has blessed people with the ability to do other things. I figure, uh, I, me and Lewis had this conversation today. I figured out early on in my early 20s that I'm not one of those people that God is going to bless with hordes of money. I'm not going to buy Twitter for $40 billion. Why? Because when I did have a morsel of blessings financially, <laughs> I turned into... I forget the word we use, but, I, you know, but, but a jerk would be the right way to say it. I, there are things of this world that can grasp you so tight that it changes you. When you allow those physical things to disappear and to melt away like a hot pan in snow. Eternity echoes through your life. It shines bright for all to see. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible that we're going to finish on today. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to pay attention to a different, a different again, this whole kind of mini-series, if, you know, if you're a bin, TV binge watcher, uh, of a sermon series, is, uh, is, you know, we know we're going to look at a different verse than what anybody else looks at. A part that at weddings, they don't read. <laughs> If I speak with angelic tongues, but I do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or, chain, uh, or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, I do not have love. I am nothing. And if I give, all, give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body, uh, if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Again, I wanna bring us back to an idea. When you're doing the things, and again, when our confidence is in us and it's misplaced instead of Jesus Christ, when we do those things that the Bible requires of us, the Bible says when we're doing it to bring attention to us, look at me, look at all I did. Oh my gosh, I, you know, oh my, you know, oh, oh look at, you know, I, I do all this, you know, look at the full spectrum of my, of my resume that I do. Bible says we're nothing. For king and country says, we're bankrupt without love. We're nothing if you don't put the love of God to it, if you don't put eternal motives to it. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it's not boastful, it's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not irritable, yeah. <laughs> even when you're tired or hungry, hangry, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness. Self-promotion is unrighteousness, remember that but rejoices in the truth. The truth is sometimes somebody else needs to be able to serve. Somebody else needs to be able to rest. Somebody else needs to be able to fill in the blank. Sometimes that's what's right. Love is, uh, or it says, um, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. That's more than just your wedding vows, Christian. It's more than something just post on Facebook. Love never ends. Love never ends. I know you wronged me, but I, I need to search deep within myself, ask for forgiveness for the anger that I've held, and say that love never ends. Who in your life has walked away from you or you've walked away from them, that you need to go back to God and say, God, I need to love them. Maybe not in the same way, But God, I need to love them enough to pray for them. I need to love them enough to where if I see, hey, you know, hey guys, I lost my job. I don't know where my next paycheck's gonna come from. I love them enough to say, what can I do to help?
But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, but we prophesy in part. When the perfect comes, the partial will come to end. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Uh, I, thought as, uh, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. This is the key, Christian. This verse, it doesn't get read. Why? Because when we talk about love, love works on my terms. I'll love my spouse endlessly as long as, I'll love my friend endlessly as long as it works for me. Is that not what the world tells us? Hey, I, I, one of the most ingrained memories as a teenager in my life was listening to an interview uh, on Oprah in the mid-90s with, or late-90s with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Jennifer Aniston. Brad looked and, and, and Oprah goes, do you think you and Jennifer will be together forever? The response still to this day sticks with me. And it stuck with me as I've, you know, as I, as I found my wife through what my grandfather constantly says was a lot of girls. I was like, it wasn't. And <laughs> said, ah, we've just mutually agreed that when it's time, it's time. Stuck with me forever. That's not what, lo love never ends. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I loved my WWE figures growing up. I even got to stuffed pillow ones and my parents would yell at me because I'd be jumping on the bed or when we lived in Cannon Circle, I'd hang from the loft and like do flying elbow drops like Macho Man did. Pardon me, still wants to do that, but when I was a man, I put away childish things. Now I get to train my son to do that. I don't do it too much because his hands are almost as big as mine and that's ridiculous. You have to assert dominance at times, you know. <laughs> Went to the trampoline park uh, for his birthday a couple weeks ago and he was jumping up and down. And I was like, you know, this is a good time. And I just pushed him over. I'm just joking. Um, but <laughs> just you, I'm your dad. Love never ends. Love doesn't end when you want it to end. Husband and wife, how many times have you been like, you know what? Right now, I'm just done with you. The words that are said in that moment that can sit and echo and start to build something worse, bigger, badder, is why we have issues within, within our Christian community that we do. Love never ends. When I was a child, I was a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away uh, childish things. Verse 12 is the key. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. For now we only see a reflection. Christians, when we attach ourselves to the humanistic way of living our lives, this, the the emotion, emotionally led. I feel this, I feel as if, so therefore I am. When we attach ourselves to that, we base our self-worth on the reflection that we see. When the mind that is in Christ Jesus is in you, our reflection disappears, Christian. Because we don't hate ourselves anymore. We don't think we're worthless. We understand that because of the gift of God in sending his only son, we are worthy of the cross and that sacrifice. And we're able to embrace it because we understand that it was meant for us. It is our birthright. He willed it to us before, before he died on the cross. For now, we only see our reflection because we get in our own way. Do you see why this is my favorite? Because when you honestly humble yourselves, and you have to, you have to say, I am not worthy. It's not about me. I, I, I'll ask you this. 
when, when we're talking about reflections, when, when we see it's not about me, we've heard it enough in our church to where if I asked for a show of hands of who's tired of that quote, I'm sure I'd get a couple. It's not about me until somebody else tries to make it about them. Then, well, this is what I did. Where if we came together and said, it's not about us, how much more could we fight together and difference could we make together? The laundromat uh, escapade, <laughs> outreach that we did, didn't have a lot of pictures. We didn't take videos. We didn't post it on TikTok. We didn't like dance our way through, you know. It was one of those things that maybe, maybe we as a church just needed to say, we don't need the recognition for this. We just need to get out and do. We need it to be like Jesus did with the lepers or the man at the pool of Bethesda and just said, hey, this moment's for you. I see my reflection because I'm looking for it. Gotta make sure, sure my hair's right, right, Kate? We went down to a one guard this time. It wasn't as traumatic as I thought. Is your prayer, God, melt away my fleshly desire? And I say that because it's gonna be painful. There are things that you're gonna have to breathe life into to come into your life and say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. When we, when we shed that skin like a snake, we stop seeing the reflection that Jesus has tried to, or that, that we have tried to accomplish on ourselves. We see what Jesus is trying to do through us, Christian. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? For now we see only a reflection. I'm just gonna have the, uh, our guitar player play a little bit, not sing today. For now we see only a reflection. For now we see Whose reflection are you seeing? What are you focusing on? What are you trying to attain? A Christian artist in the 90s sang a, sang a song that speaks on what we've spoken the last two weeks. And my prayer to you is this, my, my question to you is this, Clay Crossing, I surrender all. Said, if the focus of my measure is the status I attain, my accomplishments are worthless, and my efforts are in vain. So I lay aside these trophies to pursue a higher crown. Should you choose to use this life that I willingly lay down, I surrender all the glory and all the triumph for it's only by your grace. Christian, in the quietness of this moment, are you willing to relinquish all the glory, all the praise, all the self-adulation, all the look, look at what I've done for the, greater, for the greater purpose, for the purpose of our kingdom, for the purpose of what we believe is a life changer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anybody here today that would say, first off, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I need that. Anybody? I just want to pray for you. Christian, what is your reflection? What is the essence of your life? If you need prayer today, say, I need to release self. I need to melt away the flesh of this life. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you so much. Life is a struggle. Life is a struggle. I've made it about me. Recently, it's about what I've done. Look at me. Look at the things that I'm doing and I'm accomplishing. Instead of God, use my current circumstance for heaven. God, I pray in this moment, in this time, that 
will take these words, take these thoughts that are, in, that are in your scripture and we'll do our best to bring it back to the basics, God. God, will you forgive us for overcomplicating what you've commanded us to live so simply? Will you take our honor, our sacrifice, our, our, our life, our heart, our thoughts, and will you show us great and mighty things which we can't comprehend? Will you not just give us confirmation that you can use us, but will you show us transformation in our lives that will endure? God, I love you so much. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that it's not just a physical representation, but it's an emotional, a spiritual, and a mental application that we can put on our lives, that it's a stamp, that's a tattoo that's ingrained within us forever. Will you take us from this place, not to leave it here, but to share it, to spread the good news? And in your time, will you fill your storehouse of a building here at New Life with those that need you as their personal Lord and Savior? Will, will we be fruitful in our way to disciple those, to grow them, to love on them, to show healing? God, I love you so much. I thank you for my 20 plus years here at New Life and what it's meant to me. I thank you for the people that have come through my life, come through this church. God, will you bless us? Will you bless your church? Will we be faithful in the small things so you will show increase in a big, in a big way? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.